sports, politics, life. Advantage Termite and Pest Control presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues online at AdvantageTPC.com. Well, we have breaking news to start this episode of KKHI. President Jimmy Carter is still alive. (laughs) Yes, I think I inadvertently either suggested or outright said on Thursday's podcast that Jimmy Carter has passed. And I'll give you a little uh, inside baseball here on the podcast. I write down the headline of the topic that I want to talk about on the show, but I don't really have a bunch of notes, copious notes and things like that. I went off on a riff yesterday talking about legacy and how presidents are remembered. And we were talking about Bill Clinton and the only thing he's going to remember for is sex scandals and the Epstein thing and all this stuff. I truly believe that. And I mentioned, wouldn't you rather have a leg? I mean, I, I think most people thought Bill Clinton was a decent president, but he's going to be remembered for the other stuff. Or would you rather be remembered as a poor president that was a great man like Jimmy Carter? And I know I spoke of him in the past tense, and I may have said that he's deceased, and he is not. It was his wife, Rosalind, who died a couple of months ago. It was a really interesting time. I remember talking on the podcast that Jimmy Carter had gone into hospice, and then a couple of days later, Rosalind went in with him, and then she died quickly. And I think Jimmy Carter and I was 99 years old or something. He's well into his 90s. And I want to thank everyone who emailed me immediately. I didn't go back and listen. I should have gone back and listened. I didn't go back and listen to hear exactly what I said. But there it is. Our breaking news to start the podcast today is Jimmy Carter is still alive. Thank you so much to everyone who notified me of that. It's weird because when you do the podcast, and you're not using a script and you don't have a lot of notes and you have something in your mind and you go off and you think something. I, I was talking about Bill Clinton But as I started talking about Jimmy Carter, sometimes you get visuals and every now and then I will close my eyes and and as I'm speaking and I'm I'm just doing it right now and I don't really see anything right now, but sometimes you'll see something or have a memory. What I remembered was all those presidents walking into that room for the funeral service and that was Rosalind's funeral and I just apparently said something wrong or jumbled it or whatever I did, I did. But my apologies on that. Jimmy Carter will be remembered at some point as a great man and a very poor president. And I think that is all true. All right, not much in the way of news. We're going to get to some sports issues here very shortly today, but something really interesting going on. You know, this thing in New York with Mayor Eric Adams, he's now suing the bus companies in New York that are bringing migrants to New York. And I'd like to see them go to trial and back that up in any fair court anywhere in the land because New York is a sanctuary city. They basically have a sign, a neon sign flashing that says, bring migrants here, we will accept them. They've told the world they're a sanctuary city. A lot of our cities have Chicago, San Francisco, LA, all these places, sanctuary states, sanctuary cities. We will welcome you, immigrants from around the world. So here they come pouring in, most of them military-aged men, very few children, very few families. Again, we tell the truth here on this podcast, and sometimes it's unseemly, but it's very simple. All the Democrats want is, well, they want a lot of sperm what they want. They want all kinds of horny young men coming into this country from all over the world and impregnating American women or any women that they run into and dropping babies that are then born American. That's what they want. That's what this is about. Ethnic cleansing, you can call it whatever you want. I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, really nefarious things going on here with all these people coming in from the border, but I think America's going to reject it. I'm hopeful every day that we'll win the election and we will have the largest deportation maybe in world history, not just American history, but world history. And these people will have to go. 
we will we will mobilize the military. We will round them up. We'll send them home. There will be some tragic stories. Some bad things will happen. But as far as I'm concerned, anything that would happen going forward is on Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas. But this Eric Adams is something else. He's suing bus companies now that have brought migrants to New York City, saying New York can't handle them. And the underlying tone of all these places in California, Illinois, Chicago, New York is you've overwhelmed us, Greg Abbott from Texas, by sending these people here. And I don't know what they think Texas is. I don't know what they think Eagle Pass is, a small community across the border. I don't know what they think El Paso is. I don't know what they think these communities are, that these places are better places to just have all these illegal aliens, house them, feed them, give them phones, take care of them, deal with their crimes, clean up after them. They're creating, I mean, the visuals of the mess these people are making is unbelievable. We've spent most of my lifetime talking about keeping America beautiful, keeping it clean, you know, making sure you throw out your trash. Don't throw your cigarettes out the window. Don't throw a cup out the window. Let's take care of trash. Let's keep America beautiful. These people are littering and destroying and defecating and leaving behind dirty clothes and stuff in America like you've never seen. It's gross. It's a health hazard. It's disgusting what's going on. You can't have millions of people, homeless people, walking into your country and not have them create filth and health problems. And they're doing all that. So as they get to New York City, they've overwhelmed New York City. And the underlying tone from Eric Adams is, well, there's plenty of room for all these people in Texas. Don't bring them here. Well, you shouldn't have announced you're a sanctuary city. Texas ain't no sanctuary state. And they want them out. And there's all kinds of different ways this is happening. This is a mayor in New York City that cannot get a conversation, a phone call, or a meeting with the president of the United States on this. Like Biden won't talk to him. And so he goes after Greg Abbott and the bus companies. He goes after Greg Abbott in Texas, says this is the governor's fault. This is his fault, and we can't handle this in New York. Well, you know what? There's other ways you can handle it. More people coming in can replace the people that aren't. This is also what's happening in New York. They have a 23-year low, and they, they track people by zip code that visit New York, that stay in hotels, things like that. They track, people by, they track visitors by zip code, and it's a 23-year low for the lowest number of suburban visitors to New York City. Broadway shows are getting killed. Their attendance is down so far. You can't just have people that live in New York go to Broadway shows. you got to have visitors. This is tourism. This is what it is. And they're getting crushed in New York City. Guess who's not going to New York City? Conservatives. Suburban conservatives are not going to New York City for anything. Not just a show. They're not going to sporting events. They're not going to concerts. They're not going for any of this. So now Eric Adams is lamenting the fact that people aren't visiting New York. Well, no spit, Sherlock. They're not visiting New York. Why do you think they're not visiting New York? You can't handle your city. You can't handle the violence. You can't handle the smash and grabs. You can't handle the theft. You can't handle the immigrants. You've set up all these policies. You've had all these things that you say that you are, but you can't back them up. In a nutshell, you're a liberal. You ran different. As a mayor, you ran different. You're like, yes, I'm a Democrat. Yes, I believe in these social things, but I'm different. I'm going to clean up New York. I'm a former cop. We're going to be tough on crime. We're going to do all this. You haven't done any of it. You're a classic liberal, and everyone in America sees it. And you cannot hide from that. And people do not want to visit there and see it. They do not want to be part of it. They don't want to be fearful of it. They don't want to have anything to do with New York City right now. And the data is pretty clear. It's not people who live in 
we'll use our area, Kansas City, Missouri, right? It's people that live in Lee Summit or Blue Springs or Parkville or Leewood. They're not going to New York. They didn't go for Christmas. They didn't go see the tree. They didn't want to go to a Broadway show. They stayed home or they went somewhere they felt safer. Ah, these people, they're so bad at so many levels and it gets, it's just borne out again and again and again. And the hypocrisy and the fraud and the silliness and the things that you hear from people like Eric Adams is just astonishing. He wants to sue the bus companies that are bringing illegal aliens to New York City. That's just insane. All right, on to sports. Brought to you by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and Excelsior Springs online at robertsrobinson.com. Mike and Tim and the guys there are home of the lifetime warranty. Why would you get your Chevy or GMC anywhere else when you can get the lifetime warranty free at Roberts Robinson? Give them a call. Ask them to help you locate the perfect truck or SUV for you or have it built. 816-826-1563. It's online at robertsrobinson.com. And MyPillow and MyPillow.com. The promo code is KKHI. They're having a huge post-holiday sale. Half off many items all over the sites. MyStore.com and MyPillow.com. Just remember, when you're looking for a pet bed or pet blankets or premium pillows, body pillows, sheets, towels, these are all American-made. They're great products. You love MyPillow as a company. They also, it's, we've got a couple months of winter left, man. they got a sale on slippers right now to keep those feet warm. MyPillow.com. Use the promo code KKHI. That's KKHI is your promo code. In sports, the Tyreek Hill house fire saga seems to be wrapped up. And there really is no better metaphor for anyone in sports than Tyreek Hill having a house fire. Look, when you saw the flames, you probably thought of the way Tyreek Hill runs. A nice metaphor. The guy's on fire. He's got 1,700 yards again this year. Nobody's ever had multiple 1,700-yard years. Tyreek Hill is headed for the Hall of Fame. This guy's a once-in-a-generation player. His career is on fire. His life has always been on fire, especially his home life. And watching his home burn is pretty much par for the course because I think he lives in chaos. It's pretty well documented that his life away from football is complete and total chaos. It has been for a long time. It continues to be. With all of the children he's fathered, with the different moms, the strange marriage he's in now, the felony conviction in his past, there's all kinds of stuff. So when you hear that an unattended child was playing with a lighter in a bedroom upstairs all by him or herself and set the house on fire, you are not surprised. This is unsurprising. Now, Tyreek Hill was not home. He was at work. Pretty hard to blame the man that makes $30 million a year for going to work every day. But it's pretty clear there's chaos in that house. The child is not the child of the wife because they don't have any children yet. They've only been married about four months. They don't have children yet. So what are we to suppose here? This was an older child. This is one of the Kansas City kids that we remember from here. Authorities aren't saying, but... The least surprising news ever is Tyreek Hill's home is still chaotic. In fact, he and his wife got into it in the driveway live on television about the fire. We saw them spat. I mean, it's a reality show. It's all the cliches and stereotypes of all these reality shows where you see chaos and fighting and whatever going on. That's what Tyreek Hill's life is. This reality show would be something. And so we are not surprised. His teammates supported him. Tyreek Hill's back at practice. 
and it looks like things are going to be okay for Tyreek Hill this week. We are happy that nobody in his family was injured, and the, the uh, fire department was able to put the fire out. He's got a lot of smoke and water damage they're going to have to deal with, but I'm sure they'll be okay. We can only assume the man had somebody in his life that was smart enough to tell him to have insurance on his $7 million house. We'll assume that's the case. Although I guess you don't really have to have insurance, do you? If you're paying cash for your house, you got to have some liability maybe, or maybe you're so rich you just roll the dice. Is it the law? In order to clo- to, to purchase the home, you got to have insurance? Probably is. It's the law with cars, but there's all kinds of uninsured drivers out there. Chiefs news this week. Oh, I saw this. The NFLPA put out a list of the top coordinators in the NFL, the top coordinators. They released the top five offensive, top five defensive, top five special teams. What was glaring to me was no Chiefs coordinators were listed there, and neither was Eric Bieniemy, who Chiefs fans believe is their savior if he could just come back. None of them. Uh, the snub this year would be, as Harrison Butker was a snub to the Pro Bowl, and uh Jerry Sneed was a snub to the Pro Bowl. So is Steve Spagnolo in the top coordinators. He's done a great job with this Chiefs defense. I mean, really a great job. Again, these are the players being polled by the, by the union. So it's a massive poll. And they say, who are the best coordinators? Now, I'll put an asterisk by this because I think most players would answer the question by saying, who's the nicest guy that I'd like to play for? I don't think they will all put in a serious vote for who's doing the best job right now. So I do put an asterisk by that, but it was pretty obvious to me that Steve Spagnuolo should be in the top five coordinators mentioned right now, defensive coordinators in football, for what he's done with the Chiefs' defense. Players this week, we've talked an awful lot about Travis Kelsey needing 16 yards to get eight years in a row with 1,000, but how, how about Rasheed Rice? He is 72 yards from 1,000. He's, he's obviously learned more each week and become a better and better player. Had a tremendous game last week. And he's growing in his role. The question is... Is he the main target in this game? Do the Chiefs say, okay, this is our most important guy in the playoffs, but he's still learning every week. Let's play him the whole game. Let's give him all the snaps. He's not exhausted, tired, worn out. He is dealing with a hamstring issue. And he's 72 yards from 1,000. Well, 72 isn't much for Rasheed Rice these days. I kind of expect 100 every week if he plays the full game. Rasheed Rice going into the final week of the season is the NFL's receptions leader in yards after catch. I want you to hear that stat one more time. Rasheed Rice has more yards after catch than Tyreek Hill. I mean, this is a major development with the Kansas City Chiefs and what they're going to be able to do going forward for the next few years and what Rasheed Rice could be for a a, a go-to wide receiver one for Patrick Mahomes. I think he plays. If the hamstring is not, I think the hamstring here is the bigger issue um, on the injury front. I think if he's 100% healthy, I think they go out and they target him six or seven times. Maybe he doesn't play in the second half. Maybe he plays full the first half and you give Blaine Gabbard a chance to go out there and get acclimated with the offense. There could be a point in the postseason that Mahomes gets hurt and you need Blaine Gabbard. We saw that last year in the playoffs. This is not unheard of. I think there's. I think getting Gabbard work is actually very important in this game. And you'd like to see him work with Rasheed Rice just a little bit. Isaiah Pacheco is 65 yards from 1,000. He's been beaten up, shoulder injuries. I don't know, man. These These are above my pay grade. I think the Chiefs could use some work. I like players getting their bonuses. But I can also see that 
these guys have been dinged up, and it might do them some good to sit. Other football news, this in college football. Will Howard, the former quarterback at Kansas State, has landed as Ohio State's new quarterback. He's got one year left. He has signed an NIL deal and is committed to Ohio State University. One would presume that Will Howard will be the starting quarterback for the Buckeyes next year at the Ohio State University. Good for Will Howard. Way to go. We'll see what he can do when he's on a... Well, I mean, let's just be honest. That team, nine times a year, Ohio State is just so much better than everybody they play. Will Howard can go out there and hand the ball off, and they'll win games. So a great spot for him. And a lot of people are are seemingly somewhat confused on this. Will Howard was not going to be the starter at Kansas State next year. Will Howard was going to lose his job to Avery Johnson. He was not going to be the starting quarterback. So Will Howard needed a transfer for that final year. And that says a lot about the quarterback position to Kansas State, that they had the starting quarterback for Ohio State as their backup. Pretty strong stuff right there. All right, college basketball is getting ready to start up. Got three games this weekend of note. TCU's at Kansas, 1 o'clock on CBS on Saturday. TCU's 11-2, but they played a weak non-con. They've got losses to Nevada. They also lost to Clemson, who's ranked. Their senior, Emmanuel Miller, is their leading scorer. He scores over 16 points a game. They got four players that average in double figures. TCU, generally speaking, is a well-coached team that can present challenges for opponents. This is the first conference game for Kansas, but I don't see TCU as much of a threat. You don't see them getting mentioned in the Big 12 as a whole lot of threat to Kansas. Houston would be the number one competitor this year for Kansas for a Big 12 title. Baylor and Texas are very good. We know that. Somehow, BYU and OU are both 12-1 and one and are way better than anybody thought. So maybe those are the things, the teams you will think would challenge. You don't think of TCU in these terms. This should be a game where if it's close at halftime within four or five games, Kansas should pull away and win by 10 or 12 points or maybe even more against TCU. Kansas State opens at 5 o'clock Saturday at Bramlage against UCF. UCF is nothing special. They're 9-3. and three. They're a capable team. Kansas State isn't very good. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you Kansas State should win this game, but I'm going to tell you this. This is a kiss on the cheek to start the season. You get to play at home against a team that hasn't been in the league and has never played you, and it's UCF, and they've got three losses, and they're really nothing special. Kansas State has a chance to get a footing here and get a win, but they're not very good. Kansas State is not very good. Is there Jerome Tang magic? Are there a bunch of overtime wins coming? I'm not sure, but they're not very good, and they really haven't found themselves. They're going to have to grow into something. If they build into something, they have to do it in the conference, so that will be interesting to watch. The Missouri Tigers open against Georgia this at noon on Saturday in Columbia. The Dogs look much better this year. They won at Florida State. Their losses are good, but every year Georgia basketball thinks it's better. Again, Missouri's a little bit in the same spot as Kansas State. I think Missouri is better than Kansas State. I think their team is better. But that doesn't mean they'll survive all this and have something special this year. This is the kind of start where they kiss you on the cheek a little bit and go, you got Georgia. You get to start with Georgia. Go beat this team, Missouri. I think think it's a given that Kansas wins. And as silly as it sounds this early, These are big games for K-State and Missouri because I think if you start losing games like this at home to start your conference season, the funnel just tight. It's just the whole thing just narrows. It it funnels down to the end of the season where you have three games where all of a sudden you have to win three in a row or something, and it becomes very difficult. These games for Kansas State and Missouri matter just as much as the games in late February. They count as much, and I just don't 
think it's going to look good in the end if you've lost to Central Florida or Georgia on your home floor. I think those are bad things. These are scary-ass games for K-State Missouri. That's all I can say. They're just scary for both of them because you just have to win these. There's a shocking basketball statistic out there in the Big 12. There are two different metrics I looked up after seeing this on X. The first metric shows the top remaining remaining strength of schedule schedules in America. This is unbelievable. There are 14 teams in the Big 12. And one computer shows the top 14 remaining strength of schedules in the entire country are the 14 schools in the Big 12. Another one shows Big 12 teams having the top 10, I'm sorry, top 12 remaining schedules. I mean, this is unbelievable. The 14 most difficult schedules now going forward, right now the 14, there's no exception. The four, Not one team in any other league has it tougher than the worst team in the Big 12. The 14 toughest schedules in America going forward right now are the 14 Big 12 schools. Now, there is one thing that I don't understand and I've never understood about strength of scheduling. Keep in mind, this is not round robin this year, so it's not playing everybody twice. The Big 12 can't do that with 14 teams. So there is some imbalance to it. But I always ask this question. I do not understand this in any way, shape, or form. And Kansas fans, don't lose your mind because this is the ultimate compliment that I can give to Kansas basketball. This is the ultimate compliment. I will never understand how you can have your conference schedule remaining and that's it. And Kansas, there are nine teams in the Big 12, nine, that have easier strength of schedules remaining this year than KU. How is that possible? How's that possible? Kansas doesn't have to play Kansas twice. Like, how does K-State not have the hardest schedule left? They get Kansas twice every year and will in perpetuity no matter what happens in this league. How do they not always have the toughest conference schedule? If K-State, for example, could drop two games with Kansas and add, hell, I don't care, Oklahoma State and BYU, great. You got a chance to win either of those games or both. You could lose both, but you ain't beating Kansas. Not this year. Not, not, what, not from what I see. Last year, you could see it. They pulled it off. It's a great win. It was a bit of a miracle, but it was great. It was fantastic. It could happen. There have been K-State teams that can beat KU. This does not look like one of them. If you wipe two KU games off your schedule and you replace them, hell, with anybody, give me Texas and Baylor another time each, you got a better chance than playing Kansas. How in the world can Kansas have the fifth hardest strength of schedule in the Big 12 when they don't play Kansas? I love computers. AI, all this stuff, sometimes you're just a human being and you're looking at something going, that cannot be right. Kansas doesn't have to play Kansas. The Chiefs' AFC West schedule is easier than the other teams because they don't have to play the damn Chiefs. Does the computer not take that into effect, into account? I don't, I, 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 I'm sorry, I just, I, I just, I flat don't get it. One other sports note. Ace pitcher Trevor Bauer, who's been out of baseball for a couple of years after signing a massive deal with the Dodgers, was previously a promiscuous sex freak. This is not up for debate. He went through one girl after another. He found girls that liked it rough. He's admitted that. Rough sex. I, it's not my life. Whatever. 
And a couple of women came after him and tried to extort him and get money from him. He filed a lawsuit, and in filing a lawsuit, his lawyers were able to get discovery, take the cell phone from the girls, and find out that they were texting each other that, yes, they were going to steal stuff from his house. They were trying to take money from him. There are pictures of this man from this woman uh, on her Facebook page. or, or not? It wasn't public. It was just in her phone that she was laying in bed with Trevor Bauer, and she is not bruised, and she is just fine, and it's the morning she left. And then later, she has a lawyer, and they have all these pictures where she's all bruised up and said Trevor Bauer did it, although he has a picture of her in bed the morning after where she has no bruises, and she looks fine, and she's leaving and didn't come back. And so he filed lawsuits, and he didn't try to get any money. I think he won a dollar, but he's won at every level. Every possible police charge, every investigation, and every lawsuit he has counterfiled, he has won that Trevor Bauer was involved in consensual sex, that for a lot of people would be unseemly. His lifestyle would be unseemly. But so is Tyreek Hills, for crying out loud. He's allowed to play football. Trevor Bauer played in Japan last year, and he is not on a Major League Baseball team this year. And I'm just going to ask the question, because the Royals apparently are trying to get better. Why in the world are they not talking to Trevor Bauer? If he has... No legal issues. He has won lawsuits against the women who tried to extort him. There is no proof that he harmed anyone. And he's actually admitting his mistakes at age 33, saying I was an immature man who didn't understand life. And I'm I'm finding more depth and meaning in individual relationships now. And I'm treating people differently and I've changed as a person. But make no mistake about this. I never committed a crime. I didn't do anything wrong, and he says, I, I will not call myself the victim, but if people interpret it that way, that's up to them. I'm not using that as an excuse. I led myself to this bad lifestyle, and it created tremendous problems for me. Trevor Bauer is saying, the choice in women that I was sleeping with led this problem to me. It is my fault that this happened because I was not more careful with who I was with and what I was doing. He's admitting all that, and if this man is admitting that, and he has no legal issues, and he can pitch like an ace at age 33. Why are the Royals not talking to him? Why is no team in baseball talking to him? How is he still blackballed? I Inform me. I'm not saying I'm, I've got all the answers here. I'm not fully read up on all this, but I've been watching this Trevor Bauer thing for two years, and it smelled like a rat from the beginning. This woman drove up from San Diego when he had home games with the Dodgers on the weekend to spend Friday or Saturday night with him. And they'd had a couple days together and she'd go home. And I'm like, okay, why San Diego? All the women in Los Angeles, why is this one? Well, okay. What was said was they both liked rough sex, whatever that is, whatever. But it was consensual until her girlfriend in the text messages revealed, what are you going to steal? Get something out of there. Get, come on. What's, what's in this for you? And so she did. And then she went and took pictures and said he bruised me and now I'm going to have him arrested and, I'm, and, and maybe we'll settle this thing and not go to trial, whatever. And it didn't work for her. She's the biggest loser in the whole thing. She's the biggest loser. And nowhere is anybody interviewing her. Nobody's telling that side of the story. It's still Trevor Bauer who did his first interview yesterday on Fox News saying he wants a chance to play in Major League Baseball. I can't think of a better place than Kansas City. We're a welcoming community. If he's a good person and pitches well, would welcome him with open arms, and he would be out of the news. What better place to hide if you're Trevor Bauer than freaking Kansas City?
I don't see anything that really keeps the Royals from going for it. All right, on to Lee Sterling for ParamountSports.com, brought to you by Buck Disposal, online at BuckDisposal.com. If you're tired of corporate disposal companies not having customer service for you, if you're a remodeler, business remodeler, moving, cleaning, whatever, municipalities, landscape companies, tree removal companies, and you need disposal containers on your job site, Buck Disposal would love to work with you. BuckDisposal.com. And the Blue Mountain Hotel in Manhattan is Manhattan's business destination. If you do business in Manhattan, consider staying at the Blue Mountain Hotel or scheduling meetings there. They've got all kinds of conference rooms, reception areas, and anything that your business needs, the Blue Mountain Hotel can do for you. It is easily the finest hotel in Manhattan. When you need to stay in Manhattan, the Blue Mountain Hotel is online at bluemonthotel.com. Let's catch up with my man Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com and find out who's going to win by how many this weekend in football and the national championship game. Hit it! The Kevin Keatsman Has Issues Conversation is brought to you by Cross Kitchens, Kansas City's home remodeler, online at crosskitchenskc.com. He is the Sultan of South Beach, and he's ready to return as he's trying to navigate his way down the mountain in a snowstorm, but he's got time for us. You know, Lee, you got at least Sterling from ParamountSports.com. You got to get home and put out Tyreek Hill's fire, man. You got work to do. Just, just another thing. I mean, it seems like this, this Dolphins team injuries. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Um, they're going to do that. Looks like Jalen Waddle, maybe Raheem Mostert. If he, if he plays, he can't be be anywhere close to a hundred percent. And to lose Bradley Chubb, I mean, they made a big mistake having him in the game with three minutes to go. Well, it's going to be a wild week. It will not be very wild around the Chiefs yep. and Chargers. I know that because I'm not even but, – no. but there's a lot of great games in the NFL this week, and if people want to get on them I, – I, look, I yep. think most people stay away from these games that are meaningless, but there's some really, really crucial yep. and important games this weekend. And for tell me about what, you're, what you have this weekend if people want to sign up, and what do you look for when the season is on the line in some of these matchups? Well, it's important you got to find out who's playing, who's not playing, and that's that's what we're working around the clock to find out. And I think we're going to have a pretty good idea what's going on. And paid off last year, went four and zero week eighteen last week in the bowls. Had a strong week, hit a forty five unit selection uh, last week. So if anyone wants to hop on board, we're sixty five and twenty two lifetime on our forty to fifty unit plays, or thirty five to fifty unit plays. This year we're 12 and four. So let's say you're trying it on your own or you're with someone else and it's not working so well. New Year's resolution, you want to win. And a lot of people say they want to win, Kevin, but you know, in everything, they say they want to lose weight and they'll try it for a week or two and it doesn't work out. If you want to win, you got to search for a winner and look at my website, go to paramountsports.com, look under recent results. You see every game I've given my clients. Over the last five years, anyone who tells you they're hitting 75, 80% can't, can't, can't be done. We're hitting like 60.3% this year, our second greatest season ever. And that's 60%. That's, you know, that's almost two out of three. And when you hit your higher unit plays, it's almost like hitting two out of every three plays. So we're working hard and we've been successful. This is our 30th year. We're looking to put the icing on the cake. So, if you want to do a tune, if you've made a New Year's resolution, you want to have fun, but also want to win at it, how about this? You get the last week of the NFL season, week 18, and we'll have at least four or five plays. You get the college football championship game, the entire playoffs, 
and Super Bowl and my top 10 Super Bowl prop plays, and it will include my daughter's hopefully 11th straight uh, over-under on the national anthem. Not 447, what it was last year, or even 347, $247. ParamountSports.com or call us at 800-400-9741. All right, awesome stuff. Here we go. Let's start with the college football national championship game. Michigan is a four-and-a-half-point favorite against Washington. I know what I'm thinking, but I'm curious to hear what you're thinking. I think Michigan's good, but there's one thing they haven't faced is a top 30 passer, not even close. Look at their schedule. Ohio State got to play them, you know, at home, and they won that game, had to worry about one guy, one great guy. Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably going to be a top three pick. Nick Washington, you're going to see all three of these receivers go first round or early second. They are that good. No one stopped them. How about this? Kalen DeBear, coach for Washington. How under the radar is he as an underdog? 10, 3, and 1 lifetime. They've been an underdog all three times this year. They won every single game. Their defense isn't great. I don't think they have to be because Michigan just got lucky playing Alabama. I said Alabama should have been there. Alabama should have lost to South Florida, should have certainly lost to Auburn. They lost to Texas at home. They played one real good game against Georgia. So they had a perfect draw here. Washington last game against Texas. It's like a home game for Texas. <laughs> now it's going to be evenly split here. I think they're a team of destiny and getting four and a half, five points. I like Washington straight up. 3420. I'm 100% with you. I'm so happy we agree on that one. And that's when I love okay. to play games. When you and I are in lockstep, man, yeah. I hit a big portion of those. Oh. I'm all over this one. I love it. All right. Yep. The NFL's got yep, some we weird matchups. The Ravens are the one seed, so they're playing Pittsburgh, and somehow Pittsburgh's favored. <laughs> I mean, people are going to be sitting this week. What do you make of a game like the Steelers and Ravens? If the Steelers play any significant starter, I, I, I think they should have their heads examined. I know what happened. In 2019, after sitting for almost three weeks, they ended up losing that first-round playoff game. But Lamar Jackson, you can't play without him. So they're smart. They're, they've even said they're going to rest him. Ronnie Stanley, their star left tackle in and out of the lineup all year with injuries, I can't see him playing him. I can't see him playing the top two, three receivers. So they just don't have enough weapons with all those guys. that They've already lost one running back for the year. They played against Miami, their top three defensive backs in the game. They got to sit those guys. Those top, two top linebackers going to the Pro Bowl, can't play them. Without them, they're not the same here. So I think their starters are really good, but I think they're thin behind that. Mason Rudolph, they're playing well. Pittsburgh, the running game's getting going. They got two guys that can get it going. They're playing for everything here, and they've owned them. They've, they've won and covered nine of the last ten in the series here. I like Pittsburgh here, straight up 27-7. Houston and Indianapolis, who would have thought at the start of the year that this would be an important game for the wild card round? What do you think here with the Texans and Colts? Well, this could be the, the fun game to watch of the weekend. You want to watch scoring. This is going to be it. C.J. Stroud's going to make a few mistakes. It happens. This kid is something special. You look at the rest of the roster. There's nothing there. It's mediocre at best. But Indianapolis, I don't think they have the players to stop him. So if he throws an interception or two, I don't think it's going to matter. I think he can just sit behind there. It's like playing seven-on-seven. When you have a special quarterback, as soon as Patrick Mahomes started playing, you're like, this kid's special. 
C.J. Stroud is special. Gardner Minshew is a nice backup, one of the top three or four backups in the NFL. A bunch of teams should have gotten this guy, but they didn't. And it's going to be competitive. But I think Houston has too much firepower here. And the running game is getting going since C.J. Stroud came back also. This is going to be the fun game of the weekend. I like Houston here. 34-30. Well, if you're anything like me and you believe that coach and quarterback are are 90% of everything in the NFL, Houston looks like yep. it has a very bright future. <laughs> They've got a terrific young head coach very bright. and a franchise quarterback. It's pretty obvious what they've yep. got. They're going to be something. All right, the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins. This is for the division title. What do you think? All right, so I was at the game a couple weeks ago, and it was only 55-45 Miami fans, Dallas fans. I'm hearing it's going to be like 55 or 60, 40 Buffalo to Miami fans. I, I just think Miami mentally, I don't know where they are. I mean, you lose Bradley Chubb. They've already lost Jalen Phillips. These are the best two pass rushers. They're going to be without Xavier Howard. Their offensive line has been makeshift all year long. Uh, Jalen Waddle looks like probably won't play. Even if Raheem Moser plays with 21 touchdowns, he takes one bad fall. He's done. He has been. I mean, he's banged up. I mean, his knees, his ankle, everything. So I just don't think they have the weapons. I think when Miami has all the weapons, they can beat any team in the NFL. But uh, Buffalo's had their number here. Josh Allen, I mean, his running and passing. You saw what they did to him early in the season here. So home field advantage for Buffalo. I like Buffalo. Hate to say it, 30-20 to on Sunday. Chiefs and Chargers, uh, bad quarterbacks. Blaine Gabbard and Easton Stick here. The Chiefs are not playing Mahomes, but it sounds like maybe Travis Kelsey will play a series or two. He needs 16 yards to make it eight straight years of 1,000 yards. But I don't think many of these guys are going to play. I think they're going to get a couple of snaps early and come right out. I have no idea what to think of the Chargers and Chiefs. Well, there is one constant, Kansas City's defense. Even with some substitutes in there, these backups, they're going to play hard. Their scheme is good. The Chargers are scoring the last four games where they go on four, less than 15 points. And 14 of those points was when the Raiders already scored 63 points. He's not the guy here. I can't see Keenan Allen playing. You're going to take a chance at him getting hurt when he's not in there. I mean, they just have not had any passing game at all. So there's a new regime coming in here. Teams playing on the road, nothing to play for. They pack their bags. There's going to be a couple of these games we're going to take advantage of. These guys are already talking about what they're going to do in the offseason. You know, they're beating up here. The Chargers have no offense what together. And their defense, I mean, they've got some nice parts. For some reason, it just has not come together. So the team with nothing to play for, I'll take even some of the backups here. And the defense is much, much better of all the four units. I like Kansas City straight up here, 23-13. The game of the week from Lee Sterling is Las Vegas Raiders and Denver Broncos. It is a free play. If you want to call Lee at 800-400-9741, you're staying in the AFC West for your final regular season game of the week. Yep, anyone wants to get it for free, all they need to do is call right now. First five callers get it for free, 800-400-9741. First, uh, like I said, you, if you're ready to hit to the mark, you want to get the easy free winner, just call 800-400-9741, and you made that New Year's resolu resolution to start winning. I think we're the place you want to belong. Just go to ParamountSports.com. Week 18 in the NFL, college football championship game, the entire NFL playoffs, Super Bowl and Super Bowl props. 
two hundred and forty-seven dollars. You you owe it to yourself. Just one place, ParamountSports.com. Lee, travel safe. Get back to uh, South Florida, and we look forward to chatting with you during the playoffs. You're the best, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Take care. There's Lee Sterling, 247, all the way through the Super Bowl, including all his prop plays like the National Anthem, which he hits almost every year. His daughter knows, and she looks up videos of the people that are going to be singing it and finds anthems and times them, and I don't know how she does it, but she's just incredible at predicting the over-under on the National Anthem. So that's included. That's a ways away. That's the first week or second week of February, I guess, this year. But if you want to jump on board with Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com or 800-400-9741. We'll recap his selections in a moment. It is all brought to you by Window World, simply the best for less, online at WindowsKansasCity.com. Joslin's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch, or at Joslin'sJewelry.com, the jeweler you'll recommend to your friends and family. And Buck Roofing and Construction, and now Buck Disposal. Online at rbuckroofing.com and buckdisposal.com. Lee Sterling likes the Chiefs to win straight up. I'll take his word for it. I will say this. I think a lot of the starters are coming out on defense for the Chiefs this week. I think they may start the game. Chris Jones is probably going to... I just don't think these guys are going to play much. I don't think you risk that. But you may go out and set a tone for a series or two. And the scheme will be the same. And I think we know this about Steve Spagnolo. He's going to bring it. They're coming after Easton Stick with whatever they can. Now, maybe the backups aren't good enough to get to him, but I think you just take chances right and left. I think you're going to see the Chiefs defense blitzing and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, trying to fluster this Chargers offense that's been terrible with Easton Stick at quarterback. And I think maybe Lee's right. Maybe not having five or six of the best players in there for most of the game won't matter that much for the Chiefs defense because the Chargers haven't scored against anyone. That means it's probably a low bar. If the Chiefs get to 17 points, they may be winning this game. Get to 20, they may be winning it. You know Gabbert's going to try hard. We know there isn't a drop-off that much with the receivers. I mean, Rasheed Rice is going to play. I don't know how much, but it doesn't sound like he's in a spot as a rookie where he's just going to sit. So I think he's out there for a little bit. I think they want to get Kelsey as 16 yards. Maybe that's right. I don't know, man. You got to... You got to, you know, if it's your job and you have to watch the game, maybe you put a couple bucks on it because you just want to have something to keep you entertained with it. I don't know, but the game's meaningless. I'll watch. I watch all Chiefs games. I don't know. I, he's, he's probably right. You can't really bet the Chargers at this point. They're in such a free fall. They actually look like they're just trying to climb up the draft. That's what the Chargers have looked like. Since they made their changes, they look like that's all they've done is try to climb up the draft board and see if they can tank this season as much as possible and get the highest possible selection. All the all the rumors out there that the Chargers are going big, that they believe Justin Herbert is a franchise quarterback, and they are going for either Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh, and they're not taking no for an answer. Now, the question is, does either Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh think Justin Herbert is a franchise quarterback? Because there are some people that just think he's Phillip Rivers, because that's pretty much what he's been. He's one of those guys that looks good, wins some games, racks up some stats, but never wins the big ones, makes turnovers and bad plays with the game on the line. That's what Justin Herbert has been. But they say they're going to make a run at Harbaugh or Belichick to be the next coach of the Chargers. Uh, that'll be pretty dramatic in the AFC West going forward if something like that happens. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com, 247, all the way through the end of football season. If you like it, we appreciate him being on. Kevin Keatsman has issues. We wish you a very, very awesome weekend with all the playoff football that's ahead and the championship game coming up on Monday night from myself and Jessica at KKHI. 
Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the kklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.